Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 140th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Just Josh here with you guys today. As Today I had the chance to record a conversation with Tar Heel Tribune writer R.L. Bynum, a guy we've brought on the show back when we were primarily known as the, the Roy's Boys podcast. This was the first time ever coming on the Four Corners podcast, and we we were able to cover a lot of topics focusing primarily on Saturday's scrimmage. We talked a little bit about what he learned about Hubert Davis and if the season, the upcoming season that is, for Carolina basketball is national title or bust for the Tar Heels. So without further ado, let's get to my conversation with R.L. Bynum. I am now joined by Tar Heel football and basketball writer from the Tar Heel Tribune and TarHeelTribune.com, R.L. Bynum. R.L., good afternoon, man. How's it going today, man? Going good, Josh. Ready ready for a trip up the mountain uh, on Saturday. Yeah, no, I, I know on the uh, I know on the football side of things, we're kind of getting geared up for what's going to be uh, really just a fantastic scene um, for college football in the Tar Heel State. The first time ever, Carolina is making the trip to Boone, and they're going to be facing off against a very good uh, Mountaineers team. But um, even though the football season did get underway last weekend in Chapel Hill, four hours or so before the football season kicked off, the basketball team held. The return of the blue-white scrimmage, something that was a staple of the Carolina basketball program back when Coach Smith was here. It went away during the time that Coach Williams ran the program for various different reasons. But um, with NIL now really a driving force in college athletics, Carolina basketball brought that back as a way for fans to, to watch the team scrimmage and have an interview session afterwards. And the blue team was able to take home the victory 80-71. to 71. And, RL, I know it was just a inter-squad scrimmage, you know, more of a kind of what you'll see, um, you know, uh, in, in, in other uh, basketball formats. But what were your biggest takeaways personally from Saturday's blue-white scrimmage in Chapel Hill? Well, my expectations were really low going in because – no coaches were involved, and I re- didn't really know what to expect. 
but um, it was it was better better than I expected. It was the first to eighty, kind of felt like an Elam ending sort of uh, situation. And uh, of course, uh, the the game winner was a follow up shot by Armando Daycott. So he's back to doing what he normally does, and he had nineteen points and twenty rebounds. But this was not like the blue white games that you used to go to. Really, uh, it it was uh, you know they did have three referees, but they didn't call many fouls, and they just let them play. It was about. 70 minutes or so, but uh, it's an embarrassment of backcourt riches for Hubert Davis because he arguably already had the best backcourt in college basketball. And then what I saw from Seth Trimble was was very impressive. Uh, Quickness, athleticism, good shooter, good defender. Uh, Yeah, I I could see them playing three guards at at some points. Uh, So I see him getting cracking definitely cracking the rotation uh tyler nichols should should he get three three pointers had 11 points so he, he looked good I, I i'm not sure if he's gonna make the rotation uh this season he's probably a guy who's gonna make more of an impact maybe in his sophomore season and then uh finally his first look at uh pete nance and although he could, couldn't uh, make a three-pointer. He uh, 11.8 rebounds and blocked. And, and uh, he looked he looked pretty good, pretty uh, a versatile player. Uh, he, I mean, he's, he's not Brady Manic, although he had a better three-point shooting percentage last season with fewer shots. But, uh, so who knows what kind of impact he's going to have, but uh, he, that's a really good addition from the transfer portal for Hubert Davis. You mentioned Armando Baycott, who, of course, had the game-winning bucket, and it's going to be really hard for Armando to to really improve off of what he did last season, of course, tying the NCAA record for most double-doubles in a single season, became the first player to record six double-doubles in a single NCAA tournament. Did he display anything to you on Saturday, maybe an expanded perimeter game, uh, you know, something like that, that could lead us to believe that he's taken his game to an even higher level this season? He definitely took some jumpers. Uh, he, he was hit, hit and miss with some of those. He hit a three-pointer late, but to be honest, I think his foot was on the line. But uh, he de- definitely has expanded his uh, shooting range, which is is obviously going to be uh, helpful, um, adding more uh, driving space and that sort of thing, particularly if you have Pete Nance inside. Uh, you know, he... he his all-around game is pretty good already, but obviously, uh, for Carolina's purposes, it would be better if he his game probably stayed the same as last season. But he has an eye on his NBA draft stock, and the way to improve that is to expand his uh, shooting range. And he's obviously worked on that in the offseason. Puff Johnson and Dontre Styles were the main bench contributors last year during Carolina's run to the national championship game. Did either one of them show a level of development on Saturday? And how do you envision their roles either being the same or different from last year? Well, I mean, that had 16 points. He looked, he looked pretty good, uh, pretty fluid on offense. Puff had eight. Uh, I, you know, I, I really believe that, that, that if uh, Pete Nance doesn't transfer, that 
that uh, starting spot probably goes to Puff Johnson. Mm. Uh, but uh, DeMarco Dunn did show me a lot in the in the, uh, in the scrimmage, and, and for for his sake, I hope he does get more playing time because uh, Coach Davis has, has said he wants to expand the rotation. Uh, and after last season, I'm a little skeptical until I see it, but I, I, I think he actually will, and I think he learned maybe second half of the Kansas game that. It's probably better to play more players. You uh, let 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 let's talk about the freshman. And you mentioned Seth Trimble. He had twenty one in the scrimmage, and you already said you could see a scenario where he's on the court simultaneously with Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, arguably the best uh, backcourt in college basketball. But aside from that, what does Seth Trimble individually bring to this team? Uh, just, just uh, very versatile. I mean, he even blocked a couple of shots. It, it's just, uh, he's a guy who can, uh, uh, confidently can guard just about anybody on the floor, which obviously that's something that Hubert Davis demands. you got to be able to switch and be able to guard people of different heights and, and skill sets, and he should be able to do that. I mean, obviously, Leakey's got, got the uh, three-spot uh, sewed up as far as starting, but uh, you know, even if he doesn't play a lot uh, in, with uh, both uh, Caleb and, and RJ, he'll he'll certainly. I think Hubert Davis will certainly be comfortable with him coming in to to give uh, those two uh, breaks uh, during the game. You you mentioned about him being on the court at the same time with Love and Davis. Is it easy to say that right now, and I know practice doesn't get officially underway for a couple more weeks, that Seth Trimble would be this team's backup point guard when the season tips off on November 7th? Oh, if, if you don't consider Caleb the backup point guard, but yeah, for sure. He, he's, he, he's the guy who can definitely step in, and uh, the fortunate thing for him is that he doesn't have to get thrown in to it like a, a Cole Anthony, for example. Uh, so he, he can work his way into it, and he's able to work work under Caleb and RJ, and that's that's got to really help his maturation process in his freshman year. You you mentioned Tyler Nickel as well, and he arrives after being an explosive scorer, one of the all time uh, you know leading scorers in the history of Virginia high school basketball, and we know that the, the talent that state has produced over the years. He had 11 points all in the second half, but you said you don't know if he's going to crack the rotation this upcoming season. So as of today, what type of role do you see him having this year, or is this the guy that we may have to wait you know, until his sophomore season to be an a, uh, impactful player for Carolina? And I, the reason I say that is just because of the way uh, Hubert Davis has, has approached uh, allocating minutes. Because um, if you'd have told me before last season that Styles wouldn't get any more playing time than he did, or Dunn wouldn't get any more playing time than he did, I would have been surprised. I'm just basing that on on how he allocated minutes to the freshman last season. I'm not saying he doesn't have the talent to, to play more, mm-hmm. but um, there's all, also the there's guys who didn't get much playing time last season who probably will get it. And there's probably only so much to go around. Will Shavers entering his redshirt freshman season. 
course, he committed to this class and then enrolled back in January. And along with him in that front court comes Jalen Washington, who does come to Chapel Hill, kind of like Sterling Manley did a few years ago, where there was concern about you know his health long term moving forward. Do you see both of those guys or one of those guys in particular being a part of Carolina's revamp front court this season? Well, it, I mean, obviously, Shaver, I, uh, I would think, is more of a, a project uh, that who will probably uh, gradually work his way into a uh, rotation role. Um, Jalen Washington was one of the two players who did not play. He's still recovering from uh, from his injuries, and he should be good uh, at by the time the season starts. But uh, it it'll really depend on uh, how, how his recovery goes and getting his fitness uh, uh, level up and learning the system. That's a lot. That's a lot to deal with for a freshman. We're talking with R.L. Bynum, Tar Heel football and basketball writer for TarHeelTribune.com. A few more R.L. and I'll get you out of here. Um, last year, Carolina utilized the transfer portal to their benefit, bringing in Brady Manick, the now-departed Dawson Garcia, and Justin McCoy, with Manick being the primary focal point of the transfers and was a big part of that team's run all the way to the national title game. This year, as you mentioned, they've added Northwestern transfer Pete Nance. Did not make a three-pointer in the scrimmage, but you did add that he had a better three-point percentage last year than Brady Manick did, albeit on far fewer shots. How did Nance look for the first time in Carolina Blue on Saturday? He, you know, the, when, when there was a, a press availability uh, earlier in the summer, every one of his teammates who we talked to really praised his, his uh, basketball acumen and, and savvy, and he just he thinks the game well. And you could kind of sense that in, 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 in even in a scrimmage uh, environment. He uh, he he thinks ahead. He knows what's what to do next when he gets the ball. He he can uh, uh, he can uh, adjust uh, defensively fairly well. So I, I think he, he's going to be a guy who can who can get more production inside than Brady Manick did. Obviously, uh, Brady had a great season, but there were some some games where uh, the big guys that he had to defend were just more athletic than he was, and it was and he did a good good job. But it just uh, you know I don't I think that inside when it comes to mixing it up, Nance probably will be able to fare better than Brady Manick did. So with that in mind, do you see a scenario where maybe Carolina sets up offensively the way they did when Roy Williams was here with more of a three-around-two approach with Manic or not Manic with, with Mance and, uh, and Baycott on the block, or do you still see them maybe spreading the court and playing four-round one? Oh, yeah, I still see, I still see Hubert Davis want to spread the floor. That's just how, how he wants to, to play it, to uh, create uh, driving lanes and opening up inside. So I don't really see that changing. I mean, I mean, yeah, he was, he was uh, not, not so good on the three point shots in the scrimmage, but that's just one, one uh, game. Uh, I think he's going to be able to be a threat where people have to go out and, and guard him when he gets the ball out there. So I really don't see that changing all that much. 
but it, you know, in the event that Armando gets into foul trouble, I think uh, switching from Armando at the five to Nance is not is is going to be a little bit uh, easier transition than maybe last season. Let's focus for a few moments primarily on the head coach of Carolina basketball, that, of course, being Hubert Davis. I've asked roughly everybody this uh, that I've brought on during the offseason. What did you learn specifically about Hubert Davis that you didn't already know during his time as an assistant coach under his first season as being Carolina's lead man? Well, the big thing is the passion because when he was an assistant coach, I guess assistant coaches are supposed to just sit there and watch. So you really didn't get a sense of his passion and his energy. But uh, wow, he's he he, uh, he he really brings it. And you can tell he's very animated on the sidelines. And of course, there's that halftime interview during the Duke game, the Final Four, where he was he was extremely enthusiastic and pumped up. So yeah, I would say the pat the passion that you really didn't know about because that wasn't his role as an assistant coach and uh any anybody who thought that uh there would be any difference in the amount that uh the head coach would push the players when you went from Roy Williams to Hubert Davis uh was quickly proved wrong that's for sure I mean I think Armando even said uh, a couple times that maybe uh Hubert Davis was even uh more on them than than Roy Williams was, so yeah, and and he he has he makes a lot of demands and he pushes them to be the best they can be. So uh, yeah, he, he's impressive, and, and then he he rolled with the uh, criticisms that uh, were sent to his t- his him and his team early in the season and. Obviously, he tried to eliminate the noise, not pay pay much attention to it, and I think uh, those folks were pretty quiet by February, March, and April. Yeah, we were, because I was one of those guys who was very openly critical about him and his team. Roy Williams was known for his famous Royisms with all of his different words and quirks and stuff like that. Do you have a favorite Hubertism that you picked up on from him? during your first season covering him in Carolina basketball? I really don't remember one. It, 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 he is so different from any other football or basketball head coach that Carolina has. I mean, in the press conferences, almost every coach has an opening statement and then takes questions. Uh, Hubert never takes, never does an opening statement. He, he just goes right to the questions. Uh, and, and it, Kind of surprised me a little bit because, uh, you know, with uh, Matt Brown having a broadcast background the past few years, that man can talk mm-hmm. forever. That man can talk forever. But, uh, and you would think with the so many years of broadcasting, uh, Hubert Davis would be like that, but he's, he's not quite quite like that. And uh, he he's a little bit more brief with his answers as well. But as far as uh, Hubertism, uh, I can't really pinpoint one. You mentioned um, earlier that Huber Davis maybe had to learn the hard way in that second half of the national title game. 
that you got to play more players. Um, and something that I said during the course of the title run is six players can maybe get you to the national championship. I don't think six players can win you the national championship. And so he's expressed every time we've heard from him over the summer that he wants to play more than five guys. And he said that last year he wanted to, but he didn't feel like they had warranted the right to be on the court. After seeing the scrimmage on Saturday with no Jalen Washington and stuff like that, uh, mind you, do you believe that Carolina will be able to be a deeper team that can go, I don't know, eight, nine, maybe ten deep this year? Ooh, I don't know about ten. Uh, maybe eight or nine. Uh, but also what he always, what Hubert Davis always says is he doesn't decide who plays. They decide who plays in practice. So uh, one, two, and doing could be uh, two different uh, dynamics. Uh, so, like I said, I'm, I will believe it when I see it, but I truly think that, that he is going to play more guys, particularly the – the freshman who got such limited time uh, last season. Uh, I mean, it might be something that opposing coaches might uh, bring up frequently in uh, recruiting if, if those guys still don't play that much. In addition to trying to find uh, people who cover Carolina basketball, their favorite Hubertism during the first season, I've also asked everybody I've brought on this question, and we'll end on this. Carolina is going to enter the season as the preseason number one or two team in the country. They're going to be the preseason favorite to win the ACC, and they will be a trendy pick to win the national championship. They return four starters from a team that was three minutes or so away from a national title. They bring in another coveted transfer. They're bringing in a you know a, a rather deep recruiting class. I know it's only year two of the Hubert Davis era, but is 2022-23 national title or bust for Carolina basketball? Probably in a, in a lot of senses it is. And uh, it, it could be redemption in more ways than one since the uh, Final Four is in the same arena where Carolina lost to Villanova. But um, it, it's, it real, they really remind me of UCLA uh, coming into last season. The Bruins had gone to the Final Four and everybody figured, okay, they're going to go right back to the Final Four. And that was pretty much assumed until they ran into Carolina and Philadelphia. So it's anytime it's one loss and you're done, you never really know what can happen. But sure, I think if they don't at least make the Final Four, uh, a lot of fans are going to be disappointed. And um, certainly, I don't think uh, Armando Kaler uh, came back to. Uh, do anything less than that. RL, you are the first man to come on here and echo my sentiment that that Carolina basketball entering this season is national title or bust. So um, I'm glad to know there are other people out there that 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 cover and follow this team that that do high that do have those same expectations for for the group. And uh, you know, luckily or or you know, not luckily, but before we know it, this season will be right around the corner. RL, I do want to thank you uh, for taking some time out of your schedule to come on and talk with me, and uh, hopefully we can do it again come the start of basketball season. I hope so. Thanks for having me, Josh. All right, thank you, RL. There you go, guys. That is RL Bynum from Tar Heel Tribune. Get over to TarHeelTribune.com to check out all of his great coverage of Carolina football 
and basketball. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll play you um, uh, the, the ads from our sponsor, and then when we come back, I'll wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for week one of NFL action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys are taking all taking advantage of all these great offers we've been giving you for DraftKings.com with the official start of the college football season kicking off this weekend and, of course, the NFL season not too far away. And then when you think about it, we're roughly just two months away from the start of the NBA season and just a little over three months away from the start of the college basketball season. So we'll be having um, deals for you during the basketball season as well. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up this edition of the podcast. We do encourage you guys to go to the website, HeelToughBlog.com, where from a basketball standpoint, we are a little quiet um, as this, as we're kind of still coming through the, 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 the dead part of the offseason. But this team will open practice in a few weeks, and then from then on, we will be getting you ready for the start of the basketball season. But in the meantime, go back to HeelToughBlog.com and check out all the coverage from Tar Heel football's win over Florida A&M. You've got the recap, Ashton's analysis from the game. you got the stock report. you got the trench report. Also go hear what Mac Brown had to say on Monday's press conference. Carolina led a com- landed another commitment from Virginia this weekend as well. You can find all that and more at HeelToughBlog.com. As for the podcast, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. You can rate and review the podcast wherever you do uh, wherever you do listen from. But most importantly, we do encourage you guys to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the offseason. And then during the regular season where we will preview and recap every game individually. This is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Do you want to thank RL once again for joining me? Want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.
The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.